0: Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun
1: way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist.
0: In this episode, we're talking about Malcolm X.
1: So grab your autobiography. And let's get
0: civical. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Walentowski. And today we are doing something super fun and special. We are celebrating Black History Month. That's right, y'all. It's here, and we're very excited for it. Yes. So we're today we're doing a biopic biopic of somebody that I've always wanted to do a biopic biopic of. None other than the Malcolm X. Yes. Do you have any prior knowledge of Malcolm X, Arden?
1: Other than like surfacey, you know? Yeah, not, I mean, not as far as his bibliography. I mean, I think I know the general, he was like where Martin Luther King was non-violence. Malcolm mm-hmm. X was pro-violence. And he was assassinated in New York. That was basically all I knew of his story so it was really interesting to to do this research and i'm interested to talk to you about it because there are some things that i'm like no necessarily that we should be you know like elevating him to the point that he's elevated but uh but he is and he's definitely you know worth talking about in the whole grand history of black history and the black history, the black movement and all of that. Yeah. Definitely worth talking about because he's important.
0: Totally. I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting to look at him and he's, the, you know, was often and has been considered like the foil to Martin Luther King. You know, they yeah. were two households, both alike in dignity and in many ways. And yet right. one, we've put up a pet on a, you know, is Martin Luther King, who is this, revered figure, obviously. And then, you know, you have Malcolm X who is way more complicated, but has, I think, when you look at the impact that he's had, especially, you know, on on the Black Power movement that happened after his death. I mean, he is such an influence. So, I'm excited to dive into it and, and give some space for this very prominent figure in in our history yeah. i think a lot of people know his name without knowing much more about him
1: yes i live down the street from malcolm x boulevard right so well it's... <laughs> here in new york yeah <laughs> i mean i Especially live in harlem town now, here, so... that, that was truly where he <laughs> yeah. you know his yeah. old stomping
0: ground so yeah you get yeah. a lot of malcolm x boulevards yes uh in in harlem and, and washington heights and all that so yep well, without further ado, let's jump right in. We're going to start, as we always do, with a general overview for those of you who are truly coming to this cold turkey.
1: You oh, know, wait. I have not. to talk about the sources. Oh, my God. Can did you not believe introduce... I almost... Wow. I know. And on the week that the Oscar noms come out, you don't, I, have not, I was not allowed to speak the Sharsha sources. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> it's the floor. Um, I yield the floor. <laughs> gracias. So the the notes from this episode are coming from history.com, Wesleyan University, and PBS.org. PBS had a great timeline about mm-hmm. his life, which was really helpful. And then Wesleyan and, and History.com had some great information too about various parts of his life. And and it's interesting because they don't all there, there's one story in particular that has kind of three different versions. So sure. I was like, oh, interesting. So that's all in there. Yeah we should get started
0: okay well this is going to surprise everybody but we're going to start with a general overview <laughs> for those of Shocked you who are coming to this cannot handle a you. lot of knowledge because that's you know as always on this show that's totally fine that's why we're all here so in broad strokes who was malcolm x so malcolm x was an african-american leader in the civil rights movement He was a minister and he was a supporter of black nationalism. We'll get into that more later on for sure. One of the things that he was super gung-ho about, um, especially I think at the height of his popularity, was urging his fellow black Americans to protect themselves against white aggression by any means necessary, which that's when we were talking about how, how different he was from martin luther king jr who was very much about you know let's come together in in the in the space of equality malcolm x was like let's stay separate in the space of equality you know let us live yeah separate from the white man because we've been so oppressed by their systems that they've created this world that they've created that benefits only themselves Break free of that and live separate from that. His charisma and oratory skills helped him achieve national prominence in the Nation of Islam, which was a belief system that merged Islam with Black nationalism. And then, you know, spoiler alert after Malcolm X was assassinated in 1965, his best selling book, The Autobiography of Malcolm X, popularized his ideas and inspired the Black Power Movement, which happened, you know gosh like a decade later. Yeah. very influential in in the black
1: power movement, black panthers, uh all those all those groups. So we're going to talk a little bit about his early life and it it's sad in some ways and troubled in other ways and and just, you know, just worth knowing his history and where he's coming from. So on May 19th, 1926, Malcolm X was born Malcolm Little in Omaha, Nebraska, the fourth child of Earl and Louise Little's seven children. So already there's a lot big of families, big family and they're not, you know, they're they're not wealthy by any means, so already hard. Earl was a Baptist minister and he was a follower of Marcus Garvey's black nationalism and served as Omaha chapter president of Garvey's Universal Negro Improvement Association. His mother, Louise Little, served as the division secretary. So again, like somebody whose parents are already involved in a movement and the movement and and finding people that they support and want to associate with. The family moved to Lansing, Michigan after the KKK made threats against the family, even though they continued to receive and faced threats in their new home in Michigan. They had settled in a white neighborhood and were sued for eviction on the basis that a restrictive covenant prevented their home from being sold to any non-Caucasians. So, like, can't really get away from... Right. ...any kind of, like, racist, threatening... Oppressive. ...situation in their home life. All the words. Yeah, like, just put, put all of the words in there. And then on September 28th, 1931, Louise had a a premonition. This is coming from PBS. uh, This is in their timeline of Malcolm X's life. She had a a premonition about her husband and asked him not to leave the house. Later that night, Earl Little was killed in what police termed a streetcar accident. Mm. But Malcolm later said that the KKK was behind it. After Earl's death, his wife and children continued to struggle to make ends meet, and they applied for public assistance. But this is the story where there's a couple different versions. The one about his father dying? The one about his father dying. And it's a little... Yeah, like, I I can't really wrap my head around how they could all be true. Right. But so that's from PBS. So PBS is saying... His father was was uh, killed in a streetcar accident. That's what police called it. Malcolm, they're saying, thought that the KKK was behind it. History.com said that Malcolm's father was allegedly murdered by a white supremacist group called the Black Legionnaires. But they too say that the authorities claimed his death was an accident. And then Wesleyan University said that his father killed himself. So hmm. <laughs> I don't really, you know, it's like you one, know. Of those, one of those things. And it, not that it doesn't, I think the important piece of this for our purposes in terms of telling, trying to do, you know, a biopic biopic on Malcolm X is just that this was a a moment that I think kind of sent him along a trajectory where he may not have otherwise, or, or maybe not to the extent that he did Um, because he then went on. So Louise Little in December of on. December 23rd, 1938, was diagnosed as mentally ill and sent to the Kalamazoo State Mental Hospital, where she stayed for 26 years. Oh, my she God. She was in a mental hospital for 26 years. So, you know, so he's, he's lost his father. Right. He effectively loses his mother. And it's
0: important to note that he's 12 years old at this yeah. point when his mother yeah. is diagnosed mentally ill. His father is already... I'm going to say he was murdered because it just... If there's two out of three that are like, "Mm, probably a murder, then that's enough for me to indicate probably a murder. So, you know, let's assume. I mean, regardless, traumatic to lose a parent. Traumatic to lose the primary breadwinner of a family of nine. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, to lose your mother to go to an institution. And I'm going to guess that the Kalamazoo Mental Hospital was not where Rosemary Kennedy went. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure it's... <laughs> I gonna mean, guess probably not. No, it is probably rough and tough. Yeah. So,
1: and you're 12 years old? She, you were 12 years old, and then she stays for 26 years. Like, yeah. that... I don't Brutal. think she gets out to, like, 52, 54, and, like, he's yeah. gone through a whole mess of shit by that point. I mean... Yeah. So, important background to know his experience and where he's coming from. It was very um, interesting and like very enlightening. So then in 1939, which is so just the year after Louise little was placed in a mental hospital, the state took the little children. So Malcolm and his brothers and sisters and placed them in various foster homes. Malcolm who had been kicked out of seventh grade was sent to a juvenile home in the all white community of Mason, Michigan. But according to PBS, he did well in school there, he earned straight A's and he was elected president of his 8th grade class. So like okay, we're, he's is doing he's, overcoming. You know, overcoming, he was kicked out of his 7th grade and now in 8th grade he's doing much better, but his teacher discouraged him from pursuing his goal, which was to become a lawyer. I mean, tragic rough start. Yeah. is, It's a way to summarize it.
0: Yep. So Ella Collins, which was his half sister, she gained custody of Malcolm and moved him to Boston. Over the next few years, he worked a number of odd jobs on railroads and restaurants, bars, shoe shine stands and jewelry stores. He learned to dress like a <laughs> like a hipster, okay PBS. Okay. I know. Dye his hair and he started hustling in Boston, New York and Detroit. Yeah. And if you've ever seen the film, the Spike Lee film Malcolm X, first and foremost, highly recommend. It is it is a masterpiece. But it it starts at this time when he's mm. kind of, you know, dancing around illegal activity and some great some great scenes from that film. Mm. And I will keep talking about the film throughout this episode because it is fantastic. Good. Continuing on. During the lead-up to World War II, he responded to his draft notice by loudly proclaiming that he wanted to fight for the Japanese and kill whites. He was ultimately found unfit for military service, which is not as to be expected. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a clever way to get out of the draft. <laughs> Sure,
1: sure. I'm pro the Japanese. I'm pro Japanese, and I am, you know, want to kill all the white people. Sure, that'll. I know. It's honestly kind of the first
0: time I've heard this draft dodging (laughs) uh, tactic, which is like I'm so rooting for the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want me. In 1944, he had his first run-in with the courts when he was convicted and sentenced for larceny. Then in 1946, Malcolm, along with his friend Malcolm Jarvis and three white women, one of which Malcolm X or Little at this point was dating, tried to retrieve a stolen $1,000 watch from a pawn shop. They all were arrested and charged with grand larceny, breaking and entering, and firearms possession. Malcolm X was convicted and along with Malcolm Jarvis, his friend, who also was a black man, received an 8 to 10 year sentence. The white women who were with them had their sentences suspended. Malcolm X's girlfriend ended up serving seven months in prison. So we have a seven-month sentence versus an eight to ten-year sentence. Why is that? And so at the age of 20, Malcolm X was sent to jail in Charleston, Massachusetts, and assigned prisoner number 22843, and he remained behind bars until nineteen fifty two. So eight years. He served eight years in prison for this charge. Yeah. And this is where he starts to change from Malcolm Little to Malcolm X is during this prison sentence. It's like a it's like the metamorphosis begins here.
1: Yes. So like Lizzie said, it was while serving a 10-year sentence, which he served eight in prison for burglary, that Malcolm became passionately committed to furthering his education. It was also at this time that his brother, Malcolm's brother, alerted him to the teachings of the Nation of Islam and encouraged Malcolm to convert to the Muslim faith. So he's intrigued by this and he starts studying the work of Elijah Muhammad, who preached about systematic oppression and fought for a world separate from one inhabited by white people. By the time Malcolm X was released from prison, he was a devout follower, and soon after meeting Elijah Muhammad, agreed to work for the Nation of Islam and changed his surname to X. And the change was intended to symbolize the shedding of what he thought of as his slave name, as well as the X that many slaves received as a brand on their upper arm. Malcolm was released from prison after serving six years and went on to become the minister of Mosque Number 7 in Harlem, where his oratory skills and sermons in favor of self-defense gained the organization New Admirers. And he was, like, huge. Uh, it was huge in this in this regard. He did a lot for the yeah. growth of the Nation of Islam. Um, yeah. So it grew from 400 members in 1952 to 40,000 members by 1960. So in eight years, like, I don't even know what that percentage is, like a million percent. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, basically, like, zero to 100%. Right. Like, he is responsible for the growth of the Nation of Islam.
0: Oh, uh, like, almost single-handedly. I mean, yeah. he went viral in in a way because first he was, you know, his approach to equality in the civil rights movement was in such contrast with MLK. And so they were often, like, publicized together. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, you know, what he was saying, he was – he's incredibly intelligent, and yeah. incredibly articulate, and I and I think people just really responded to him in a, a very similar way that people responded to Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, you know, well, it's just two two different, two totally different approaches, but they were both the best at kind of inspiring people.
1: Yeah. Well, because what they were talking about which visceral and true, and. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, people are uh, especially people respond to that. Like if you hear people and repeat their stories back to them and acknowledge their suffering and, and do all of that work. Yes. You, people will want to come to you. It just, then you're right. It's exactly, they had two different messages and two different schools of thought on how to take action around turning those stories around and not having them be the stories of the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. Malcolm X's admirers included celebrities like Muhammad Ali, who became close friends with him before they had a falling out. On April 14th, 1957, New York Temple member Johnson Hinton was savagely beaten by police, alerted by other followers Malcolm joined a contingent of Muslims at the 20th Precinct police headquarters in Harlem, where he demanded that Hinton receive medical attention. So this is like, at least according to the PBS timeline, like the first real time that he kind of actively takes a stand as a leader in support yeah. of somebody who's who's a follower. I mean, Hinton was a uh, Hinton was a follower of his. Yeah. Hinton is eventually taken by ambulance to a nearby hospital, but the Muslims there who had gathered to support him and, and demand that he be released and given medical attention refused to disperse, which alarmed the police. Satisfied that their demands have been met, Malcolm dispersed the crowd with a wave of his hand. So, you can. So, basically, what the moral of the story is, at least according to PBS, is that they knew something wrong wrong had happened i mean maybe you know at least this person deserved medical attention they right. went there demanded that got that and then stayed and it was Malcolm's like a leadership power basically his command of these people that allowed that like it basically showed the power that he had because they right. were staying and he was like we're going to go home now and everybody left
0: Right. Well, he. I mean, he. they were there because of him, because yeah. they believed in him, because they were inspired by him. And he was, it's so interesting, because obviously, Elijah Muhammad was the leader of Islam, uh, of the Nation of Islam. But, you know, I'm trying to like, even I'm trying to think of like a, a good similar situation, you know, but it was like. Like if if Elijah Muhammad is the CEO, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Malcolm X is the the president, you know, like yeah, he's, yeah. he's the one yeah. actually on the he, he's doing, doing the, the day. Today. Elijah Muhammad is the Queen of England, and Malcolm X is Parliament and the entire government system, right, right, right. <laughs> actually <laughs> with just with doing the, all of the with day the power today. out there,
1: yeah, right. doing doing the day to day. He later sued New York City for police brutality and won the largest settlement in its history in relation to the Hinton case. Media coverage of the Hinton incident brought Malcolm X national attention and the attention of the FBI, which had kept a file on Malcolm since 1953 and considered him a key figure in meriting significant surveillance police harassment of Malcolm X and his family at this point escalated. So they're watching him, yeah. they're looking out for him. They think he's going to cause trouble or be disruptive in some way. And so the government starts to keep a file on him and they watch him.
0: For sure. I mean that's that's like that they're all, everybody is afraid of yeah. of the the power that him and also i mean same with you know martin luther king jr like they had files on him too you know oh 100 these are two black men who uh, together inspired a huge part of the nation different different types of people with different types of views right on the whole these are two people that if you are you know let's say a racist FBI you don't want having any more influence
1: Right. It's also just a time, you know, it's the 60s. This is people are, it's a new, it's a new wave. People are, they're yeah. not going by the old rules or not following. They're not doing things because that's what they've always done or because somebody has told them to do it in terms of like hierarchical government. You know, people are kind of, it's a new era of formulating your own ideas and making your own way. And right. And there are numerous leaders, Malcolm X and and Martin Luther King included, who, for various reasons, end up on all of the watch lists.
0: Yeah. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors.
1: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
0: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So now we're at, you know, 1961. And in 1961, Elijah Muhammad, who again is the leader of the Nation of Islam, was moved from Chicago to Phoenix for health reasons and he made Malcolm X the national representative of the Nation of Islam. So, Elijah Muhammad not doing well, he needs essentially kind of a a surrogate to yeah. be to lead and he chooses Malcolm X. This creates resentment among Elijah Muhammad's inner circle who did not want Malcolm to become the next leader. Malcolm X was increasingly asked to lecture on college campuses and participate in television and radio debates, so his profile is rising. He is exploding, as we would say. Exploding. This is the viral moment. Yep. Malcolm X's relationship with Elijah Muhammad cools when Malcolm continues to push for violence and Elijah Muhammad disagrees. And it further cools off when it is revealed that Elijah Muhammad had multiple extramarital affairs with various secretaries, which upsets Malcolm X, because that goes against... Yeah, All of the teachings of the Nation of Islam. So we have hypocrisy at the highest level. Can you believe
1: it? We've never seen something like this before, a leader. And he was, he was, I mean, Malcolm X was devastated. I forget what the quote was, but he was like, basically like my world ended. Like, you know, how, how this is somebody that I follow, who I follow all these teachings and he's a hypocrite. Yeah. (laughs) And not,
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I think in, the, in many ways he lost his religion, which is yeah. profound. Yeah. On December 1st, 1963, just a few days after President JFK had been assassinated, Malcolm X spoke at a Nation of Islam rally in New York. And in response to a question, described the foul play that the United States had committed around the world and states that the Kennedy slaying is, quote, a case of chickens coming home to roost. So he was very much, when you listen to his speeches, especially about violence and violence against white people, it was coming from the perspective of the, these is a, you know, a generalization of this group of people, white people have com- committed so much violence right. against, specifically in this case, black people, that when violence is conflicted, not conflicted, inflicted upon white people, it is like the universe almost balancing itself out you know it's 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 karma in a way it's right like you but reap also, what you sow
1: right but it's but it's it's one thing to do that i mean he's doing it at a moment when the nation and maybe not everybody but as a whole the nation is mourning the loss of this president who seemed kind of longer than life or, or larger than life who people also watched, like, get murdered in the streets. Totally. Not just murdered, totally. but, like, his head blown off. Like, And then there was the changing of the, you know, the guard, and LBJ took over. And so to to say in this moment, like, you had it coming. I mean, it's basically right. kind of like saying, you know, it's – to me, I don't understand. I mean, I guess I, I do understand to say I don't understand is uh, hyperbolic, but – to me, it doesn't sound that much different than like what's that group that stands outside the the veteran um, Westboro? Yes, West, Westboro, who are like sure these veterans are dead because the U.S. has gays. <laughs> you know, like sure, sure. I know mean, it's not yeah, the I don't know if I would The parallels it. are not all there, but like it's that sure. weird. You know, it's. I mean, I get what he's saying, but I'm also like. I don't know, I don't know yeah i just... I think it's
0: I think this is this is sort of the the I guess for lack of a better word, interesting thing about Malcolm X is oh yeah when you when you listen to his speeches and you hear what he says, it it's weirdly how I feel sometimes about reading Clarence Thomas's opinions mm, or dissents mm-hmm. where I'm like. I 100% get your argument. Right. Like, this is truly almost a bulletproof argument. Yeah. But then at the same time, there's this other part where it's like, but at, I also don't agree with this. Right, like, right, right. You know, it's, it's taking a step back and saying, yeah, absolutely. Totally see that. Right. But is this the best time to sort of be saying this thing? Personally, not from, like, I don't think so. Right. But then... If you think of the context in his life and the context that where he's coming from, it makes complete sense that that how he has landed at saying what he said. Oh, yes, on the day after JFK is assassinated, I'm like absolutely this. will hundred percent makes sense. His argument is crystal clear,
1: right? And of course, he's going to say it on the day of the assassination or the day after, whatever, because that's right the moment when people are are paying attention, and he's going to say it, and the when he has the biggest audience, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that makes it makes sense. And not to say that, like, I don't understand or how he's arriving at his conclusion. I also don't think that you can pin centuries of history on the actions of single or if you agree in the theories, multiple people in their actions <laughs> on a given is, day. You not know? Like
0: not alone <laughs> like, um, We're not going <laughs> to... Support right. that on this podcast. Right. Yeah. So No, I mean, it's, absolutely. Yeah. So three days after he makes this statement about the assassination of JFK, Elijah Muhammad, who had ordered Malcolm not to comment on the assassination, responded by silencing him for 90 days, during which time Malcolm X is forbidden to talk to the press. So Elijah Muhammad was like, absolutely not. Are you going to say not? anything about the assassination of JFK? Malcolm X... Says probably the most extreme thing about the assassination of JFK. Elijah Muhammad is like, um, that's it. You're on timeout. Yep. No more press conferences. Three months. None. The following January, Malcolm X went to Phoenix to meet with Elijah Muhammad, who ordered him to put out the fire that he has started about the leader's adultery. Malcolm X was also removed as the nation's national representative and as the minister of the Harlem Temple number seven. So he is now being, this is his fall from.
1: Oh, yeah. He's being, you know, throne. grace
0: in the nation of Islam.
1: Yeah. And it's so, partly to do with the thing that he, the, the fact that he disobeyed, not even what he said about JFK. It doesn't seem but to But that me. he disobeyed. Him. But that he disobeyed Elijah Muhammad. Yeah. But also because once he found out, once Malcolm X found out about the affairs, then he started like making a lot of trouble and talking about Elijah Muhammad and in a way that Elijah Muhammad was not happy with. And so then he took away his throne.
0: Right. In 1964, he was suspended indefinitely by the Nation of Islam and Malcolm X announced plans to form his own organization called Muslim Mosque Incorporated. Great. When in doubt, organize. (laughs) The Nation of Islam responded by requesting that he surrender all of its property, including Malcolm X's house in Queens. Malcolm predicted that black, that black Muslim leaders would murder him because, quote, I know where the bodies are buried. Ominous and foreshadowing. Mm hmm. And then finally, while in Washington to observe a Senate filibuster against a civil rights bill, Martin... Malcolm X had a chance meeting with Martin Luther King Jr. And a photographer snapped the only picture ever taken of the two men together, which we will post on our Instagram. But yeah. I I could be just talking out of my asshole. I do think that they, they commented about each other often. I don't know if they yes. ever, like, corresponded directly, but they yeah. both were hyper aware of the other. Oh, yeah. And I think Malcolm X was way harder on MLK than MLK was on malcolm x but that's kind of to be expected
1: yes i feel like that fits both of their modus operandi yeah so as malcolm x predicted he was assassinated he was assassinated on stage at the audubon Ballroom on february 21st the anniversary which is of which is coming up very soon in 1965 he was gunned down as his pregnant wife and four daughters took cover in the front row which would just be absolutely horrifying it was it was horrific
0: and I mean, not only that, in an in a auditorium full of people, like this so was crazy. in front of yeah. at least 100 people.
1: Yeah. Three members of the Nation of Islam, Muhajid Abdul Halim, Muhammad A. Aziz, and Khalil Islam were soon charged after with first degree murder. Islam and Aziz maintained their innocence. And during the 1966 trial, Halim confessed to the crime and testified that Islam and Aziz were innocent. However, all three men were found guilty and sentenced to 20 years to life in prison. But, and this just happened last year, in 2021, Aziz and Islam were exonerated after an investigation that included the discovery of key FBI documents withheld from the defense and prosecution during the trial. Aziz was 83 at the time of his exoneration. Islam had died in 2009.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know.
1: You, you,
0: Of course the FBI withheld documents. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's absolutely what they they would do. Yeah. This is, his assassination was so brutal. Yeah. You know, like of, of all the assassinations we've covered and we've covered a fair few. This one's up there. You know?
1: Oh, yes. As far as assassinations go. I mean, I don't think yeah. there's ever been like a, I mean, the one who was the one that just got stabbed? A, happy a happy assassination. There's definitely, you know, levels of bloody and gory. That's what I mean. Like, like extreme and, levels. <laughs> yeah. Extreme levels. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This to me is up there with like, you know, obviously MLK, JFK, like all those. Yeah. Yeah. Just and to have your to have your family with you. I think I think that's why that. it's
0: the most brutal. You yeah. Know?
1: Yeah. It's horrible.
0: And finally, we're going to talk quickly about his autobiography. So Malcolm X began work on his autobiography in the early 1960s with the help of Alex Haley, the acclaimed author of Roots. The autobiography of Malcolm X chronicled his life and views on race, religion, and Black nationalism. It was published posthumously in 1965 and became a bestseller. The book and Malcolm X's life have inspired numerous film adapters adaptations but the only one that you should bother yourself with is of course spike lee's 1992 film malcolm x starring (laughs) denzel washington i am telling you guys this is such an amazing film it is like three and a half hours oh shit it is it is a masterpiece of a film and the fact that it was not nominated for Best Picture and that Denzel Washington lost Best Actor to Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman is something that I will never overcome. Everybody watch this film. Yeah. And finally, Malcolm X is buried in Ferncliff Cemetery in New York. Yeah. And that's Malcolm X in like the the the, the littlest nutshell, the brief, the overview of Malcolm X. Yeah, me personally, I think he's somebody who. I think his influence on history afterwards is very significant, but but often I feel not closely examined because he is such a polarizing figure. Yeah, but it's 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 undeniable the impact that he had, especially on the black movements
1: that. Well, came after him. And that he continues to have, you know. Yeah. Like my God. There are I mean yeah. It's it's uh it's interesting. I mean, you can't deny his influence. And if nothing else, even if you don't agree with his solution, which is violence, which I don't agree with. I don't agree with that like burning down a police building or buildings in any community because you, you know, perceive them to be some kind of threat or symbolism for the establishment actually achieves much of anything. If anything, I think it makes you look violent. Right. And people don't like to negotiate or, or make contrition to people who are violent. But you can't deny that by that same token, he he asks all of the questions that yeah. need to be asked you know and and yeah and gives people things to think about and and that's just and that's just as important you know yeah so got to keep him part of the conversation
0: i think yeah. it's worth worth the uh, having to sit with and actually think through where is this person coming from yeah you know and yeah. and agree and disagree on various elements of of his platform right but that is the end of our malcolm x episode y'all happy black history month we will continue to do episodes uh, celebrating black history this month and you know other months as well because it's very important to us but in the meantime as always we love you so so much and if you like what you heard you can find us on twitter and instagram at let's get civical as always please rate review and subscribe to us we love you so so much and we will see you next wednesday
1: goodbye